Hey everybody, welcome to Oh the Cubanity. My name is Mike Mercadal and with me as always is my best friend, Chris, Cuban without the B, Quan, Mike Mercadal's best friend. Cuban without the B, that's it, we're just going to start going by our Twitter handles. Fortunately, mine is literally Mike Mercadal and I have to change nothing. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been listening. Thank you to everyone who's been sharing and um, just retweeting and posting and all this stuff. This is it's it's been kind of uh, exciting and uh, a little bit you know not overwhelming, but like I feel great seeing how many people are. I felt you know like of the like mindedness of feeling progressive, feeling that there's your voice isn't being heard, and I feel like I can I can be proud. That we're providing some sort of uh, relatability or some sort of like uh, feeling of not being so alone to those people, and it's been super fun uh, to to interview. We got some uh, great guests coming, and we have a great guest today. He is one half of the Soccer Cooligans. He is a hilarious stand-up comedian, and he is a Cuban from New Jersey. What? <gasps> dramatic music uh round of applause wherever you are for alexis guerreros thank you bam, bam, bam. yes <laughs> he's from new jersey <laughs> you were one of the first people i thought of when we were doing the show because i feel like the miami cubans forget that other cubans exist and that have been here longer than them yeah you know what i mean yeah I, well, you know it's funny it's you, I remember you hit me up and you were like, hey, I'm thinking of doing the show. And I'm like, this is an absolutely wonderful idea. And I think the main reason why is because it, it, just looking at it from a bird's eye view, Cuban, if you say you're Cuban-American, there's already a perception of you. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I remember there was a there was a woman from Cuba. She's a, she's a model and a dancer who moved to the U.S. Uh, she lives in Texas. She was at a comedy show. And I said, I'm Cuban. And I made a couple of jokes and I made fun of Trump and the crowd. You know, it was with it. And ever after the election, when you say you're Cuban, you kind of have to set up now that oh, I'm not a piece of Which shit, by the way. Which kind of Cuban are you? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do have to say, like, the audience is like, ugh. Like, I, I have to, like, say something else now to quantify, like, by the way, you know, I, I want people to have uh, rights. Uh, so I I remember speaking to her. This is before uh, the election. She came, obviously, this was before COVID. She came up to me afterwards. And she said she was Cuban. I was like, oh, where are you from? She's like, Cuba. And I was like, we all are. What? Where Where are you from, Miami? And she yes. was like, no, I'm from Cuba. And I've moved to Texas to pursue acting and dancing and all this and, and being a model. I was like, awesome. She's like, where are you from? And she asked me in a way that I knew to answer this way. I go, oh, I'm not from Miami. And she goes, oh, thank God. Oh, like, wow. Oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. She was wow. like, oh, gracias a Dios. Ay, gracias a Dios. Like, it was like the relief on her face. And that's that's the moment when I knew I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> like yeah, it's there's a really PR weird. campaign, either that or I'm going to tell people I'm Puerto Rican. That's my PR campaign. <laughs> like, <there's> a, a <laughs> this PR is, campaign needs to be done. <laughs> that's literally what started this whole thing. I was I, I, I mean, like it was tearing my family apart, like just the fact that I can't I can't. um sympathize or empathize with the people who are just so vehemently Trump that they are, it, it feels so crazy. And then to have it literally contrasted against the Cubans who, who like hated Fidel for so long and they hate dictators, all that stuff. And then you see him and like rooting for Trump and you're like, I wish I could understand. I just can't crack the code of getting in there and I'm from there. So I, I completely got it. Now um, you're originally from, 
if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Newark, New Jersey. Honestly, it's music when you say it. You know. Oh, thank <laughs> it's you. It's beautiful. It is. It's for everyone else. It's Newark, but Newark. we don't pronounce it that way. It's cork without the C. Put an N. It's Newark. Yeah. And if you think about it, we're actually saying Newark, but we're saying it so fast that it sounds like Newark. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm from. And I've always like my family was like little Havana. My family's from uh, Matanzas, a uh, little like you know. Uh, Pedro Betancur, they're right from Baradero, like from that area. Yeah. Like, you know, not a lot of money. My grandfather like was a dessert maker at a cafe. My grandmother was a, you know, a housemaker. My family, my grandmother uh, and my uncle stayed back because he was in draft age. And my grandfather and his two daughters, uh, my, my mother went through the agricultura, the hard labor camp to get out. Like, I, you know, being Cuban was like a, a point of pride. And it still is to this day. Like I'm wildly yeah. proud. I'm I'm louder. I, I my thing is I'll be louder about being Cuban than the guy who's wearing the MAGA hat. Like that's my whole thing. You know what I mean? Like like you're yeah. gonna know I am. And uh, to me, it's like being Cuban was like it was it's such a part, especially because I grew up around so many Puerto Ricans and Dominicans that they kind of had control of the neighborhood. Like it was theirs. Like there was right. one Cuban bakery. You know, I'd be like, hey, me hand it. You know, like when I walked in, I was like extra it's loud true. just to get bread. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about it before we started rolling that that it's there's one thing. There's this there's this there's this shell. I don't even want to call it a bubble. There's like a shell, like a hard shell of Miami Cubans that are so kind of like homogenous. There's just even like I, I was looking around for guests uh, for the show and I had always heard that Luisa Diaz, you know, Luisa Diaz, she's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. she she producer. She's, a, a, you know, a, a name in New York comedy and great and backstory to her life as I, well. I plan on having her at the show on this show eventually, but I assumed she was Cuban. Because she said she was because of the Miami connection. And then she's like, oh, no, no, I'm Colombian. And I'm like, what a fucking Miami ass thing to have done to just yeah. assume that that this person who is Cuban. I will forgive you for one thing, though. And this is where like this is where I give Miami a little. I cut him a little slack. Mm. Every other city that has a major population of one Latin community, they not only do they assume you're that, but if you're not that, they're like, well, you're still cool. Like when I'm in LA, <laughs> it's like, I know you're not Mexican, but you cool. Like, don't give me the you're cool. Like, it's okay to be different, but still be exactly. Latinos. Like, it, when I go to Miami, it's the one time where I feel like ah, everyone's using their hands when they speak, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you it, know is, like, it is like everyone is get, assumed. It's like, yeah, maybe not everyone here is Cuban. And I, that's kind of starting to shift, right? There's a lot more Venezuelans, there's a lot more Colombians yeah. and stuff. But there is a sense of like, at least there's a Cuban place in the U.S. You know what I mean? There's mm. a place that's unabated. Like, I always hated L.A. because I'm from the New York area, right? And we were taught, you know, L.A. is different. Fuck them. Where, you know, it's hard here and subways and it snows and they're, you know, sandals and all that. Like, yeah. we were taught to hate that, you know? And then when I went there for the first time and someone took me out of, like, Hollywood and was like, no, this is real L.A., it's the most Latin city I've ever been to. It's like where Latin is yeah. the base and everything else is built on that. And I just fell in love with it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad that Miami has that at least where it's like, nah, man, you get to be fucking right. super Cuban here. You know what I mean? It's like, that's we don't the thing. say the asset shit that that wasn't like the culture up where I'm from. Like but like when I'm, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm down there, I'm like, do it all, baby. Let's get a convertible <laughs> so I can hear it. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. so you the, the growing up as 
that's we were talking about like of being a specific heritage around other heritages though like you you really grew up around a lot of different kinds of people and especially new york is right there and when you came to new york uh, how long have you lived in new york i've lived here for at this point 15 years so so like it's i've been up here almost eight and it wasn't until i got up here that I felt a little bit more like I wanted ownership. I wanted to identify as a Cuban person because you can disappear into the, the into the melting pot. Like you can blend in so much that you do kind of disappear. Was your was your family conservative or were they more? Where did they fall in that Look, idealism? My mother went through a hard labor camp for two years. So I and by the way. When Clinton was president, all I heard is "esa Hillary, una comunista." Like I heard it. Wow! As a kid eating breakfast, I heard her anytime she appeared on the screen. So I knew for a fact. Like my family, I wouldn't say is socially not conservative whatsoever. They're very progressive socially. They're like, I mean, I'm importa, you know, like yeah. whoever. If you love each other, who gives a shit? Like who the hell am I to tell you? Uh, they're right. very, if I, even fiscally, they're not that conservative. They're just so afraid of anything that's left. But to my mom's credit and my aunt's credit, they could look at Trump and be like, okay, look, I'm definitely not voting for Hillary, but I can't vote for this guy. So I'm just going to not vote. Mm. And they didn't vote in the last two elections. So I like, I get it. Like, they're just like, look, hands off. And the whole Obama thing. And, you know, it's just, it's difficult because, you know, he opened the, the doors with Cuba and they, even to their credit, look, I get it. And I'll fight them on it every day of the week. And I do, but Are I, you believe the, the, I, I believe the embargo the one, should be lifted. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm of that point where it's like, dude, at this point, we've just hurt multiple generations of our own people, uh, you know, just because we hate the one guy. So uh, they're they're very much like the their foot is still kind of in the conservative lane. But really, if anything, they're more independent. But I'd have a really tough time pushing them left. OK, so they're, they're, it's interesting because at what point do like. Because the socially conservative versus like, like if someone's like, oh, I don't believe gay people should get married. It's like, well, fuck you then. You know, who yeah. who are you to say, okay, you know, like who are you to try and tell anyone that they can't do something that has no impact on you? So I can understand like people, the, the like I'm trying to figure out where, where the Trump cult went like how did they fall into that trap like what was it that the that the miami cubans really hit on that the that the um that the like new york cubans and even like cubans and uh, like that are kind of uh, disparate in in the united states didn't fall into as hard like miami seems to be like that black hole of just sucking in the people around them into this into the the, the maga cult i think or it's at least- the older generations are there i think that's yeah. the issue you know you have you have the people that got there in the seventies and eighties are still there. You know, that kind of gets watered down here. Well, I think, you, I think you also have like the, the actual, the leadership in Miami or the leadership in those environments. I can't speak to it in, you know, New Jersey or any other pockets where there are Cubans. I mean, I'm assuming there's not a Cuban Senator in New Jersey there actually is, but like but the, the, Democrat. The, in the in the Senate, like he's. Oh, I don't know if he's a senator anymore, but he's a Democrat, Menendez, and I know he got caught up on uh, on a lot of fraud charges. So already love him, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, Cuban as fuck. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. everyone forgives that. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they, people they, like how could you? Know. And I'm like, what? You got to get your beak wet, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like in Miami, it's definitely this uh, almost like 
like the three heats of a, a convection oven of heat just coming at you because your families, the generations, and then people in power who actually it's in their best interest for someone like Trump to be at the front of their narrative to convince you of something like that. Well, I don't know if you get that, at least with Cubans and other parts of the country. I feel like they're not as represented in other parts. Therefore, the narrative can't really, I don't know, can't get any, can't steamroll, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, it is. He is, by the way, Bob Menendez, still a, a senator from New Jersey, a very Democrat, uh, which I love, a very and, Cuban. And is dude. he a, like one of the two senators? Like a, or, yeah. Or, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, United States Senator from New Jersey has held a seat since 2006. Yeah, no, he's from like Union City, which is like, it's so cute. It's where Bobby Cannavale is from. He's also Cuban. Mm. Um, Future guest of the Other Cubanity show, Bobby Cannavale. I have a great Bobby Cannavale story, uh, by the way. Uh, And it ends with him recognizing me in the street two weeks later. So it's a pretty great story. Yeah, Uh, we want to hear that. But uh, I knew he was Cuban. So I said, hey, aren't you from uh, Jersey? He goes, Union City. I go, well, I'm Cuban. We pronounce it Junion City. He goes, I'm Cuban too. I go, you don't say. And that's what (laughs) I already knew that. (laughs) That's what started our friendship. (laughs) That's how uh, you start. (laughs) (laughs) I had a finagle my way in without being like, I know everything about you. Um, So (laughs) what should I call it? So uh, Cuba, I mean, uh, Union City has like a very rich Cuban history. Uh, Joey Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. Right. North Bergen, Union City area. Uh, He's one of the few that were the Cubans in New York, too. There's a small pocket of Cubans in Harlem. There there was. Uh, Most people don't know this. Fat Joe, the rapper, half Cuban. Oh, He's a guest of the other Cubanity show. Uh, (laughs) He only talked about being Puerto Rican because back in that era, there were no Cubans up here. So exactly. You get no you get nothing for saying you're Cuban. On the first episode of this show, we did a uh, we went through a list of like few like celebrities that would be like the dream list guest list of the show. Like who we would want. We're like, well, let's see who's Cuban. Daisy Fuentes has to be your ultimate get. Oh, I've Daisy Fuentes is amazing. She's uh, wildly I, progressive on on uh, on Twitter, and her husband uh, Richard Marks is like the ultimate fucking yes. dunker on do all these have, idiots. Do you have any idea how crazy? I, I I thought I was crazy when I saw that it's like Daisy Fuentes Marks, and I'm like, who the fuck is she married to? And I'm like, that guy, the the soft rock guy, the yeah. what's his what's his? <laughs> the, I'm trying to remember. I, my mind is blank on the hit that he sang or whatever. But like, I'm like, holy shit! And then you then you read his feed, and he's like, "Fuck you!" and "Fuck Dude, these people!" Sprat to yeah. everybody. I was like, wow, he saves it for off the stage. <laughs> he uh, goes heavy metal on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> soft rock on albums. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to get, he's got, he's like, oh, my market is like easy listening, top 40 stations and all these light music from a certain era. And then I'll, and then, so he's like, as soon as he like puts the mic down, he's like, fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he lets his hair down. Like I get so upset with like celebrities like Jorge Masvidal, the uh, MMA fighter. Oh yeah. He's like one of the best MMA fighters. He's wild thug. Like he said to the one guy, like I beat you in the ring, but it ain't over. If I see you at Whole Foods, I'm gonna get you. Cause they, he spoke like really disrespectful about him. And then I yeah. see he's a Maca guy and I'm like, pero coño, why? <laughs> you know? I mean, they might go together. They, they, oh, they, head shots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Head injury. But the, like, that's another thing is that, um, Cubans are are usually identified with baseball, but you have built a career on soccer. Dude, what hey, this was, was the like, hookup there? This was my whole thing. I said, dude, people are going to write, and no, no one did for five years. But my whole thing was, people are going to write about us, they're going to be talking about us, because it's a Dominican guy and a Cuban guy 
talking about soccer. I was not like, no, baseball, like talking not- about not baseball. <laughs> yeah, like literally. And by the way, it's not even from a we don't know what we're talking about viewpoint. Like you would imagine a Dominican right. and a Cuban would be like, I guess let's do a podcast about us getting into soccer. It's like, no, we were already fans of the sport. And, you know, like we were season ticket holders. And to me, I'm like, this is going to blow the world apart. The only people who notice that that's shocking are other Latinos. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I've, dude, I did uh, I did like a big, we did like a, we got invited to like a big media trip in Germany right before COVID. So they uh, flew us out to Frankfurt. They flew us out from Frankfurt to Dusseldorf. We got to see like two very big, important soccer matches in Germany. And then like they took us on tours. They took us out for dinner, like trying to get us to like talk more about the Bundesliga, the German league. On that's, our actually, podcast. that's actually ironically the league that I've, my brother lives, uh, my stepbrother lives in Munich. And he's he's like, hey, man, Bayern München, got to do all the Bayern München stuff. And then, yeah. so I just started following them. And then um, that was like the only league that the only sports thing that was open or active during COVID at a yeah, certain time. They were the first league. Well, the NWSL, the Women's League in America was the first. Sure. And then and then Bundesliga out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, I was we'll ahead of the curve, out. man. I had all the gear. I had the hat. I had the scar. I'm ready to rock. And they won. They won the triple They're last so year. so good. But I'm sorry. I interrupted your story. But the whole point was like. You know, we're out there and there's this. So all they took people from like Latin America and North America out to Germany. Right. So it was like 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 the heads of like the the biggest sports center, if you will, anchors from Mexico were there. Right. And like Chile and like, you know, Argentina. And I remember like all the Latin dudes were all together eating and all the American dudes were together eating. So me and Christian were like, yo, let's get up and go, you know, hey, coño, que pasa? you know, like we'll chit chat with all other people because we're half and half. Uh and they were laughing. Yeah, at us you're the like whole time. the you're like the the middle of the road there, right? You we're represent <laughs> we'll be torn between worlds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you need help ordering? You know, uh, I got you. <laughs> you know, and I was like, you know, they'll 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 love this. And we went over there, and they were like, oh, Americanos. And one of them heard my accent, and he spent time in Miami, and he was like, no, it is Mexicano. And I'm like, no, 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 Cubano, you are Dominicano. And he was like. Yeah. He, I mean, you could have, if I sneezed, it would have thrown him into the other room. And he like stopped everyone from talking, all the Latins. And he's like, yo, there's a Cuban and a Dominican dude from New York doing a show about soccer in the U.S. And now it's a TV show. And everyone was like, what? Who? Why? And I was like, this is the reaction I thought we were going to get in America. <laughs> were like, finally. Yes, finally. And I, they were like, why? Who? And they were taking yeah. pictures of us and posting it. And it was like going viral, like in these countries. I remember one of them had a nephew who uh, was going to college in the U.S. And he re- he responded like, holy shit, you're with the Cooligans. Could you get a photo for me? And one of them was like, and this guy is like the whatever, like the, the you know, the Trey Wingo or some shit of his country. Like oh, he's shit. a big deal in sports in his country. And he's like, my nephew could care less about me. He thinks you guys are funny. Like, who are you guys? Yeah. And we have to explain, like, <laughs> we kind of have like a bit of an underground appeal. Like, <laughs> try to, like but it's we finally got the reaction. American yeah. soccer is so white. They don't care. They don't. If I say I'm Cuban, they're like, you know what? I don't. Where is that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't care to them. It's like they, they think more of us as New Yorkers is being like the right. big ticket. And it's like, I guess, you yeah. know, but really, it's, it's the fact that we're Cuban and Dominican. No one like, how do you not know? We don't talk about this shit. I also think it's funny how. So uh, for the listener, uh, uh, Alexis and um, Christian his, and Chris. Well, yeah, I was I was going to say your partner, but uh, your co-host, uh, you co-creators of yes. the soccer cooligans. It started as this podcast 
that and and I remember because the New York got a the NYCFC and I remember you guys you're the reason that I started following them because I was like ah let me see what this is about and uh, and uh, another comedian friend of mine Will Carey got season tickets. I'm his wife when his wife can't go, so I'm over there like, yay! <laughs> yeah. and I got a lot of responsibility. So you know? Yes, very. Yeah, lots of lots of handholding. <laughs> the it was so fun. Like you're, I credit you for me being into this, like at, at like into this other thing and kind of being more exposed to it. Because as a kid, soccer was for kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, you didn't. And also being from Miami, football is king. You know what I mean? Like the, for when I grew up, it was the Miami Dolphins and it was uh, the Miami Hurricanes was like the big shit. They were, you know, back in the Uncle Luke days, the two life crew days where they have you ever seen the U? Of course. That, look, if I, re- I remember the era that now it's like Jordans. If you want to look cool, if you want to yeah. match your shit, you get Jordans and it looks cool. That I remember an era where, like, if you want to flex, you put on anything Miami U with it with the U yeah, on it. With the U on those, it. that those colors, like, if you bought something that matched that, you were like, "Yo, I'm gonna get a starter jacket with the U on it." The U was huge. Starter jacket, yeah. And that's what that's the era I grew up in. So the soccer was like not even a blip on the radar. Like, I pl- it was a sport for kids, and then once you get to high school, you play football or baseball or whatever. And then especially baseball because of because of the whole Cuban angle. So, like, yeah. in terms of so- – like, did you always like – like, where did you – where did all this come from being a Cuban in New York, in New Jersey? I mean, uh, like, why soccer? I Dude, it's, it's all about Newark. Like, Newark is such a multicultural city. And, you know, it's a little different. Like, I grew up during the crack era. It's a little different now. When I grew up there, it was, like, a little <laughs> over 750,000 people. Now it's, like, 200,000. But – um, when I was there, like all my friends, my friend group, like the big group, like we all lived in different parts of Newark, but we would all meet in downtown, which at that time was like desolate. Like it was nothing but abandoned buildings, but wow. like we would meet there. We would all ride our bikes or take the light rail, which is like an above ground subway. And we would meet there. And like our group was like, remember Newark has a massive Brazilian and Portuguese population in the ironbound section. Mm, so soccer was right. Soccer was like kind of low key. Like, you know how like in some neighborhoods, like how good of a basketball player you are is like, that's the big competition. Like, Ooh, mm. this guy's team. And that guy's team is going to play. We should all go see like soccer kind of had a little bit of that. Um, and it kind of became like the cool thing to do. Like your friends would just kick around a ball. And like, if you knew a move or two, like, you know, you could do like a trick or two, like that was dope. So like, we all kind of right. learned a little bit, but like, dude, so many Trinidadians, Jamaicans, Grenadians, like, you know, the Caribbean outside of the Latin speaking, the Spanish speaking countries, Soccer is the thing. So everybody kind of had some, like we would go to my Jamaican friend's uh, house and like their uncles would be lying to us saying they played pro in, you know, in Europe, <laughs> you know, but they got kicked yeah. out, you know, and the wives would be laughing, be like, you've been fat your whole life. You know, like soccer was like, <laughs> culturally soccer was kind of always a little relevant. And also the 94 World Cup team had a huge, huge chunk of people came from North Jersey. So like there was like such a strong appeal to soccer. Like soccer was kind of like this, like little bit of pride for North Jersey. When like, anytime you said North people were like guns, drugs, like for us, like soccer was like kind of like a thing, like people don't realize we're good at this. Um, So like for me, it was always like, but I was bad. I was like a fat kid. I played like my coach was on work release. His parole officer would come with him. Like (laughs) he would sneak booze into our drink stuff. Like it was amazing. It was like, I played in jean shorts. You know, they the coach. <laughs> fucking shit. This is all true. The coach got fired before halftime for betting on the game. He got caught betting on the game. Mm-hmm. And then when none of the parents 
could take us. <laughs> like none of the parents were like, I we, we don't want to do this. They rehired him at halftime because his his ride hadn't come. Uh, so because he has what? to get the parole officer has to get like Fuck, an so official funny. police car to come pick him up. So like I, we played, but like Bad News Bears is like not even half the story. Like we were like the most hood ass team, but like. If you knew if you were good at soccer, like it meant something. So like to me, it was always a part of my culture. And right. I started to really get drawn in to like just the idea of soccer as a thing. And then once you start learning about it and you realize like the countries all play each other, there's so much more. It kind of it's almost like its own Olympics. So like there's yeah. like this real like civic sense of pride about like, oh, you know, who's developed in America? You know, what great players are coming from? Are there any great players coming from Newark or from Jersey? Like there's like a, an appeal to it. Like Miami has is a hotbed for talent in soccer, even though. But they all you know, they, they they just started with the uh, David Beckham Inter FC. Yeah, t- t- which is uh which is interesting in the way that it's broadening, adding another sport to to Miami. Because I remember when the Marlins started, it was like a huge deal for the Cubans, a huge deal that yeah that the floor that there was a a, a Miami baseball team, and now nobody goes. And yeah, Even I mean, literally, they built an entire they they tore down uh, the Orange Bowl to build the stadium that nobody goes to. What's but that I, weird sculpture you have that moves whenever a home run is scored? Isn't it like a fish? It's a waste of fucking money, is what yeah. it is. It's <laughs> yeah. a marlin. It's a it's it, yeah. it's the dumbest thing. I will say, an indoor stadium is dope. I do like the fact that it can open in and Miami. Close. That's pretty great. In Miami, it's fantastic. I've been in a sporting event where you're just there, like torrential downpour, and then you you go back, like you're just there waiting. They haven't called the game yet, so you're like, "Do we leave?" And everybody just huddled. Yeah, and then to ha- I think it's great. More people go to Marlins Park for the park than for the game, and that's yeah. my favorite I've heard part. This before. Yeah, there's they a actually, club there. Yeah, there's a club. They have a they have a club on the lower level, like you could see it from uh, I don't know if it's center field or right field. It's the Clevelander, and there's a fucking pool in the club to watch the game. So you can be like, "Is that a hotel? A, That's a hotel in South Beach, isn't yeah, it?" Yeah, exactly. But they now have a little pool, like a, a like little an, franchised, an, 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 a little franchise pool inside of Marlins Park that you can go into. You pay like forty bucks. It's like you sit on a stool or you just hang out at the bar at the game. Miami and, will find a way to Miami every time. Yeah, yeah. every time. Miami <laughs> will my, Miami. my unified my. <laughs> My unified theory of Miami is, um, I, I say it every episode, where do we put the DJ? Like, that's, <laughs> that is that my is unified perfect. theory of Miami. Where do we put the DJ? Because it doesn't matter the event. There will be Miami represented in it's this event. It's so true. And you know, it's funny, like, when hip hop was starting to get, like, hip hop is, like, how I learned English. Like, it's been a part of my life since forever. And I remember when, like, the whole Miami sound, like, when I was a kid, mm. people were like, Handing out tapes like, yo, this is Luke, Uncle Luke, or a two laugh crew. And yes, I remember bro. being like, who the fuck? And like the music was so different because like Newark music, like Red Man, it's all gritty and hard and dangerous and it sounds a little distorted. And Miami comes in with like, boots, 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 boots. You know, it's, it's like all everything. about like, it's all about fucking. It's literally yeah, all it's- about <laughs> dicks and pussy and tits. And you can was- only move your hips and thrust f- formation to that. Yeah. And I remember being like, where is this from? And someone's like, Miami. I'm like, this all makes sense. Yeah, it's like we would spend our summers down there. And I'm like, I remember wearing like Tim's and baggy jeans to the beach and everyone's laughing at me like, <laughs> <laughs> like where I'm from. Like, you just stay ready. You know what I mean? And, like, stay ready. And, and in Miami, it's like, no, go on, you chill, relax, like V-necks. I remember people with V-necks and I'm like, yo, we see too much of your chest, my G. Like, <laughs> I remember going on cruises and my family would take cruises from Miami. And like, I would have like one baggy pant leg up. 
like towards like by the knee i would bring tim's like i had one luggage just with two pairs of tim's a black one and the wee one uh and people are like you're going on a cruise like why do you need tim's and i'm like yo just in case people taking pictures or whatever like (laughs) all all the miami dudes are like flip-flops and yo shorts above the knee i never like you now that's fine Uh, but back then yo like if i saw your knee like, come on, fam. Like, mo- yo, chill, right? God forbid you see a little thigh meat. And it's like, hey. Going, yo. All right? That's another level. You wearing a, a thong? It's like, no, these are shorts. <laughs> right? Like, I would wear and one shorts that were all huge, like size triple XL and shit. And Did I remember f- these dudes from Miami were like, dog, you can't. And the one dude was like a little bigger like me. And he was like, fam, you could relax. Like, you could dress different. And he let me borrow like a pair of shorts and a shirt. I'd never felt more exposed. I'm like, I feel vulnerable. I'm getting tanned in places I've never been tanned. <laughs> what if the sun is touching this patch of skin that has been pure and untouched? I, I hated it until one girl, one of the one of the hottest girls on a, on a cruise, like our age, was like, oh, you have hair on your chest. And she could see it because I'm wearing, it was like a, whatever the shirt, it was like almost like a V-neck, but it was with buttons on it. It was like a three buttons. Oh, they yeah. looked like a pajama shirt to me, but like an old timey pajama shirt. Like I'm yes, holding a candle exactly at night, about, yeah. but I'm wearing it and I had it unbuttoned and she could see that. And I'm like, Oh, you like that? And like to that point I was wearing like hoodies, you know? So I was like, Oh, <laughs> it's okay, like a maybe. thousand degrees outside. You're like, no, it's just, this is yeah. how you dress for yeah, the yeah. world. You can't even see the sweat. Cause I'm wearing three hoodies. But <laughs> as soon as she saw that, I was like, all right, maybe I should, maybe I should go get different clothes. <laughs> Did you feel there was a difference when you were in Miami between how people thought of you as Cuban in terms of like, not like the other, like you, like the, were you ever treated like the not Cuban enough, like the other, mm-hmm. because you weren't from the, you didn't fit the Miami mold of Cubans. Uh, 100%. So like when I, I got arrested, uh, the first time I got arrested, I was, I was a teenager. Mm. Uh, well, I was a teenager every time I got arrested, but I was very young. I was 13 <laughs> years old. Uh, thank uh, God. The, you can't open the records. Thank God. Uh, so if I ever <laughs> run for office, fuck you. I bet you're first of all, I'm never going to run for office, but, uh, so I was 13 years old and my mother was already talking like I grew up without a father. So it was like boot camp and, you oh, know, wow. oh, we're going to have to send you away. And, and and there was all this and I didn't know what was happening. So come summer, I was like, you know, making plans with my friends to run around. And my mother was like, we're going to Miami. I'm like, OK, cool. A little vacation at the beginning of summer. And I was the only one who didn't have a return flight. So she left me in Miami with my with my family down there and they have a dad. So it was like, <laughs> you're going to learn now. But here's the thing. They lived in Hialeah. Which is like, if I was getting in trouble, you're sending me to refinement camp for thugs. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, so this they did like the like- opposite of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They did- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of sending me to like, you know, yeah, you uh, where'd the, he go? Yeah. To Beverly Hills? No, you, you, were, know? you were a principe de Hialeah. Fuck, yeah. man. <sighs> yeah. Dog, I, like the house is by the highway. Like, I remember this shit like, <laughs> like it was tough in the house. And I'll, I'll give them credit. Like the dad had full control of the house. But the moment we left that house, it was like, oh, I understand how you guys are moving. I just, you know what I mean? Like we move right. a little different in New York or in Newark, but I get, I know what's happening. So like, I I learned to steal cars in Newark. I learned a faster way to do it in Miami. <laughs> does that make wow, sense? Wow, that's very fun. <laughs> I mean, it does feel like they're like, it feels like constant, like when you get too much of something in one space, there, there, there. There's like a real concentration of like, all right. We haven't even talked about food yet because you're a big food guy with your with your pizza specialties and your fancy yeah. restaurants <laughs> that you get invited to with special chefs and whatnot. But the idea of like when you have too much of even a good flavor, it can overpower whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. I feel like Miami is like 
like I feel like someone should come in there and like stir it up like get, get, get. yeah like spread I think out a little I actually think it's happening because right I before do, yeah. COVID I went and there's so much more Venezuelan stuff there's so much more Brazilian stuff there's so much more Colombian stuff where I'm like yo I like that y'all shaking it up a little bit but what I love about it is the base of it all is Cuban does that make sense like the building mm. looks Cuban. Then the sign might be Colombian now. Like I remember one of the best coffees I had. We were staying in South Beach, my wife and I. Uh, she was there. She was a she's a photographer. She was taking photos for her swim week. Mm. Uh, so they put us up in South Beach, which I'm like, I'm Cuban. I don't do South Beach. You know what I mean? We go there and then we go home. We go back to you know yeah, Hialeah. Exactly. That's for tourists. Yeah, come on, come on, ma. Like we can't do this. But it was a free hotel, so we're like, we're good. Uh, and I remember I went to a place called Charlotte Bakery. And I was Charlotte like, Bakery. Charlotte Bakery. And I was like, yo, this is one of the best coffees. And the one thing, like, I'll say Cuban food, I think, is better in Jersey than it is in, in Miami. Just because uh -oh. Uh -oh. the few places that the, the few places, like the best Cuban sandwich, the, the best Cuban sandwich right now is actually in Brooklyn. I know that's gonna piss off everybody, but I promise you it is. But but even the second best is in is in Jersey. And then it comes, then Miami. And I mean that. And you know me with food. Like I've I, tried yeah. them all. I, I I will tell you this. My immediate response was to my hair on the back. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. But the guy so, in Brooklyn is from Miami, by the way. Yeah. Is it the okay. my Cuban spot? Yes. I know that I know someone who who's like knows them that he he's from Miami. So he what, is a what, Miami a whole what doth make the best Cuban sandwich is what I'm curious about. What what makes so, it? So what? I'll I'll explain. Right. Well, so, let me well, let me explain for the listeners. Alexis has built in the comedy community. Uh, like you're the guy. Whenever anybody goes anywhere, that they ask you for a recommendation for food, or they ask you for like, where's the best pizza? Is your like your brand. pizza was my yeah? That was my entry point. Right. That's when yeah. people started to learn that I know a lot about food. Yeah, and then you became you kind of became this like food guru. I've hit you up for stuff. I've been like, yeah. "Yo, wait, where's the place that this?" Where like because you've be, you've kind of grown as this um, identity of being a gourmand, like a street <laughs> a street gourmand. You a know what I mean? Food slash idiot savant is what I yeah. like to call it. Um, yeah, like I had a pilot with food, two pilots with food network that went nowhere. Like it's been cool to build that brand alongside soccer, but. When I look at food, I break it down. Like, if you give me a slice of pizza, you don't have to tell me anything about it. I just look at it, take a couple bites, smell it. I can tell you the oven it was baked in, the fuel the oven uses, the temperature the oven was at when it was baked, how long yeah. it took to bake, the, the sauce man and the pizza. cheese. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you everything about it. I can tell you the region that inspired it. I can tell you the flour that's in the in the dough, you know? I could probably even tell you how long the dough was left to rise and if it was overproofed or underproofed. Um, but that's how much Hollywood I Hollywood shit, man. That's how much I focus on food because it's so important to me. So what <laughs> makes a Cuban sandwich great? <clears throat> There's a couple of things, right? There's two styles. And this will this will separate your audience. Mm. Is the pork sliced whole or is it shredded? Interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, and, and by the way, ripped is another option. I tend to put ripped in the shredded because then you get the crackly edges, which right. I actually prefer, even though I love. There's one of the best is uh el unico it's a great restaurant in north jersey they do the they do the full piece of uh uh pork which is amazing right uh Benin, right incredible but so this cuban dude um it's it's like hand shredded so it's kind of ripped apart he soaks it back in the juices mm. and then when that's put on the bread and it's pressed that those juices fall out into the edge of a cuban bread cuban bread is made with lard so it has like it has the tendency to harden quickly when toasted, which is why the top gets so crispy. It caramelizes all the sugars that are in the in the lard and the shortening. Mm -hmm. 
but the edges because of the moisture stays wet. So basically what's happening is the edge of your crust has sort of like that crispiness from the, from the, uh, the, the toasting and the pressing, but inside of it, it's just soaked with nothing but that beautiful jus, that beautiful, that beautiful oh, pork man. fat. That is I'm so rendered fucking off. hungry right now, Alexis. What are you doing? It's incredible. It's the right we... ratio of mustard. It's the perfect amount of long, very thinly sliced pickle. It's not overwhelming. It's it's absolutely the best Cuban sandwich I've ever had. Wow. And it all and starts and ends with the panin. It's in Brooklyn. My Cuban spot. You got to go. They're still doing great. They're still doing great. Thank God, because they're so I'm... small. It's just a window. So it's they're perfect the Okay. We you have know, to you know, talk about. You know what I, what I love about that, though? Is that, so the guy's from Miami, though, right? Yeah. Yes. He was That's a DJ a... in Miami. So here's what's crazy. To your point. Get, no, of course he's a of course he's he a was DJ. a DJ and a bartender, which I'm like, yo, that's the most Miami shit ever. Of yep. course he was a DJ. You know what's the okay? I do not think there is, and that's this is one thing. I, I, when someone asks me like, oh, what's the best Cuban sandwich you've ever had? I go, here's one thing about Miami and Miami Cuban sandwiches, and man, Miami people can hate me if they want. Um, the market is saturated, therefore the Ooh. thing. The, here's the thing, right? It's almost like uh, when there's just. When there's just too much competition, when there's too much demand, you know, quality goes down. Therefore, where is the best Cuban sandwich you've had in Miami? Who gives a shit? No one cares. Any- no one puts that level of effort into a Cuban sandwich in Miami because you don't fucking have to. Because you can go to one gas station across the street, one restaurant mm-hmm. across the street, one this across the street. So yeah. every sandwich kind of blends into each other. And if you eat a slightly better sandwich than another, it's fine. But over that man, that's what I appreciate about about people that people that leave either leave Miami or leave wherever they're from and go do it somewhere else. They really hyper fucking focus on that recipe. They hyper you know what they try to do? It. They try to make the recipe that reminds them of being a kid. Yes. Like the, but that that memory food has food, smell and taste has such a connection to memory and, and nostalgia that if you could create the thing you remember. It's like people were like, man, I wish I could. That's why they like Mexican Coke, because it reminds them of Coke when they were a kid. You know, right. everything is when you were a kid. Like to your point at Cochinito in L.A., someone was like, yo, this guy won awards, best Cuban sandwich in the world. And I was like, fuck out of here. A restaurant in L.A. Like their mm. water's trash. They probably don't even have the right bread. I'm like, yo, I can't wait to try it. And I was right about the bread. The bread is not great. But <laughs> I will say it just it's a tough place to make good bread the water has the ph balance is way off but it's just really hard to bake bread in la some people do a good job of it but it's very difficult but yo everything else about it i was like damn this 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 reminds me of something i would get when like my mother would like be busy and my grandfather would be like we're going out you know and that's when like we'd get mm. coffees and talk mm. to the old guys and read the paper it reminded me of that like at, at you know like at a cafetero or something at like the deli you know just like the old yeah. guys bitching about baseball players that, you know, dead already like that. It reminded me of that. And I think that's why this the one in Brooklyn is so good is because the dude was like, every time I asked him about it, he was like, I'm making it like all Miami. Like, I'm trying to mimic your accent. He's like, I'm trying to make it like all Miami, you know, and he was like, everything to him is like old Miami. Like, yes, yeah, I, and I, I was completely like, understand. I, so is this guy older? Uh, what? No, he's, he's maybe guy. early 40s, mid 40s. OK, OK, fair yeah. enough. Um, he's got I was, like he's got Gua like tattooed on his knuckles. He's a dope dude, Luis. Go go tell him I said what's up. In fact, there's a girl in there who's whipping up the coffee. It's the best Cuban coffee you could get outside of Miami. That's, Miami still that's wins. the only good Cuban coffee I've had in New York City, and it really the is only the only good, good Cuban one. Yeah. coffee. So here's the that's that's a very real thing, and I and I it's the Cubans that leave or the Cubans in my like I I only have the frame of reference for the Miami Cuban that left because I left that place right, and you take a ton of stuff for granted. 
that it's just there, right? Like the coffee. I, I mean, I know for a fact that we, I, like, whenever I t- do coffee now, I never once took a picture of my fucking espumita. I never did that before. Now but, you flex it on the gram. You got it. Yeah, bro. You got to do it in slow motion where you can see the fucking, <laughs> yeah, hell You're yeah. You're doing the flick, 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 and then you pick up the spoon and let it all fall out. And let it gloop out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the gram, slow motion, because you take it for granted until you don't have it. And then there's this element of that. It's because it's you're trying to recapture not like home, that feeling of home, but you've I f- like being exposed to so much other different cultures. And di- like I have a favorite um, like this, this halal Chinese food place, you know, there's a million of them in New York. But if you tell somebody in Miami, yeah, it's like for Muslim for people who want halal food, that's like, you know, within the guidelines of the Muslim tradition, but they also want Chinese food. Yeah. And then it's literally like that's a super common thing in New York. And I'm sure that if they had to go somewhere outside of New York and they move to like, you know, Tennessee and they're all like, oh, I want Chinese food. But fuck, I don't have any. Halal. You know, like that concept of not having something or n- not knowing what you got till it's gone, but also filtering out the negatives of the holding on to not just the good traditions, but the bad ones too. Yeah. The more exposure I've had to New York, the more I will, it's a weird kind of double-edged thing. The more I love and respect the fact that I am Cuban and how much of the true history of Cuba is, is important to me, but not the stories that were forced onto me, like by the immediate generation before me, you know what I mean? Like, you mean the propaganda? <laughs> the prop- yes, yeah. the total propaganda that you're just fit. The second you're exposed a little bit differently, I hate the con- I hate the idea of being like, oh, well, you're not Cuban anymore because I don't support Trump or I'm not a Republican or I don't identify or whatever it is. But meanwhile, I have like such a love for like, I was never a poet, got poetry guy. And I'm like looking up Jose Madi and I'm reading all these things and I'm learning Cuban history and I'm, and I feel more connected to actual cuba than the cuba that lives in the legends that my people my parents age told me you know what i mean to me was whenever a famous american would say something my my mother would be like you know and like if you google it 90 percent of it she's lying but (laughs) jose martin's the cuban chuck norris remember when the chuck norris memes would come out (laughs) He could do no wrong. Yeah, I I remember the one thing, which is uh, the because she hates the Kennedys because of the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. Uh, but it was the don't ask what you can do for your country. Don't ask what your country could do for you, but ask what you could do for your country. She's like Jose Martin dijo eso primero. Eso lo robaron. Eso americano de mierda. You know, like like. And by the way, Google it. He didn't say it. You know what I mean? Or maybe he did. I just haven't found it. But I wow. for sure. I mean, that is like a big thing for her. Uh, I think one of the toughest things is that. I learned at a young age, I think it's because, you know, I, we grew up with a, with so much just pain, you know what I mean? Like mm. around us and like friends the were trauma, dying. generational trauma. You yeah, know? for sure. I think I saw, I saw what my mother was going through a different way than most kids see their parents. Like I remember saying to my wife, my, my wife and I, we've met and we've been together since we were teenagers. Yeah. So I remember saying to her, like, why are you like, why are you holding your parents up to this high standard? Dude, they're just humans. They're people. They fuck mm. up just like everyone else. Like they hide it from you that they fuck up. They want you to believe that they're amazing. But at the end of the day, they're just people. They're damaged people like everyone else. And she, you know, I'm 15 saying this. And she's like, who are you? Like, why are you right. talking this way? And dude, she didn't realize it until like her mid twenties. She like 
remember her stopping me and saying like, yo, you were right. They're just people. They fuck up, you know? And I'm like, that's because I knew that for a long time. I always thought to myself, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go acquire my own, not just knowledge, but my own, my own things to be mad about my own things to, to feel like I need to defend. I'm going to go out. I'm just going to go. And I think it may gave me a bit more of a worldview. Yeah. It's like when you hear like a, when you uh the perfect example is when you see like these kids who are proud boy kids like the kids of the the people in like the kkk or whatever like the kid the children of racists saying racist things it's like oh you have only what you've heard you don't Mm -hmm. have any real life experience you've only what you've been told and that whole concept of like you're if you've just been told one thing it becomes, you know, you're indoctrinated. That, that's what I'm looking for. Like, it's not just that you've heard it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I was told. It's like, no, you are told in a way that that's like forced onto you as a worldview. And then now when you go out into the world, everybody else is wrong. You know, what also, I mean? like can- and maybe this is like a little bit of nork in me. But like, I, I, like, just tell me if you understand what I'm trying to say. It's like you sometimes you hear someone say something where, you know, they're saying it because they they are like they would be afraid to not say that if their parent was there. Like by not defending oh. it, they're disrespecting their parents. Where like to me, it's like that's such a bitch move. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine being the kid that my mother wanted me to be or being the man. My mom, like, if my mom would have had it, I'd be wearing a suit every day. I'd be Marco fucking <laughs> Rubio. And I can't think of anything more disgusting to be than Marco Rubio. Actually, I can, yeah. Ted Cruz. Yes, they're uh, which is, fuck Ted Cruz too. One, my God, one worse thing. Yeah, Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I honestly, if in fact, I don't know if like maybe your fans have a connection. I want to fight Ted Cruz. Can I fight Ted Cruz? <laughs> it's one of my it's one of my missions in life to fight that man. I just dis- I I'm disgusted by him. But like, so you know, like, like if you, know you saw I mean? Ted Cruz like at a restaurant tomorrow, hands. is it on hands hands <laughs> right. on site? Hands, free appetizer coming your way, my guy. Hands. Oh, look, it also is a main dish. Uh, well, also because uh, you're, I, I, in my mind, you're like really good friends with uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez because you got she, she has the, she has my shirt, she has she the belly shirt. Yeah, it's pretty dope. But that's, uh, by the way, so was, many death threats after that. It was hilarious. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People really hate her. I'm like, she's so petite. She's so nice. Uh, she's like tiny. Like I was like, she hugged us, and I was like afraid. She's so small. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'll break you if I hug you back. But to the point is like, you know, like Marco Rubio, sometimes he smiles and you're like, ugh, like you could see you're mm. just trying to make your family happy. Like you're being the little boy they want you to be. It's like, go be a wow. fucking man. Go I think never of your thought own, about it that way. Go think of your own fucking ideas. And I'm not saying you have to be counter what your family's telling you. Just go be your own human being. Like I, and a lot of this started when I was a kid and one of my friends who's a teenager got his girl pregnant and we were all like, yo, your life's over. And I, we, we met the girl and she was happy. I thought she'd be pissed and crying. She's like, you know, 16 years old, about to have a baby, like scary shit. Wow. And she was so happy. And I'm like, can I just ask, like, why are you happy? Most people wouldn't be happy. And I'm the guy who asked the like elephant in the room. I'm like, hey, everybody, elephant in the room. Always been that guy. I'll always be that guy. It's why I've been kicked out of many family uh, functions. And you're and a fucking in-laws. comedian, too, now, because that's literally <laughs> how the com- that's a comedy brain thing. I, where, that's why I've been ready to be a comic my whole life because I'm yeah. always like I got a question and everyone's like I deal here we go, <laughs> but uh, no, like whatever you do don't mention whatever and then that's the one thing you can think about the entire <laughs> fucking time you're like how can I get them to bring it up yeah and then you, you know <laughs> how what can I, mean? I just casually drop this 
into a conversation. Uh, <laughs> I remember saying to her, I'm like, yo, why are you so okay with this? Like you're teenagers, like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have jobs, like your family's a pit. Like, why are you okay? And she goes, I've always wanted to be a mom. It's all mm. I've ever wanted to be. And I go, you think when your mom had you, she held you in her arms, a new baby and said, I can't wait for her to also do this. Like, don't you think she said, like, I can't wait for her to be a doctor. I hope she's a lawyer. I hope she's a teacher. You don't think you think she said, I hope she also has a baby. Like, you know what I mean? Like, After don't you, you think murdered this poor girl? What, what did she say? I was just and I'm just talking from the heart. And then the tears start flowing. And then, oh, you know, boy. people pushing me like, yo, Alexis, why are you being man. disrespectful? And I'm like, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm like, I'm, I'm asking the honest question. And maybe it's because I've I've had a, a I think it's because I grew up without a father. I've been very independent my whole life. Like I've never really thought about the idea. I I don't have kids now. I've never really thought about the idea of having kids or something. Maybe that's just it. But for me, it's like I never just want to be the thing that like other people say like this is the right way to be. It's like I'll figure it out. Like I got away with shit when I was a kid because I was always you know pushing the envelope. Like let me figure. Let me like why is that? Like I would see everyone just go follow the rules and I'd be like I'm gonna go this way a little bit. You know that's interesting because that seems to be a running thread. In this show, Chris and I are both kind of like that. Um, like, like, and then literally every guest we've had has had one has had a moment where they had a path laid in front of them that they could have taken, and then they choose not to, and they choose to do like, oh, I mean, that will always be there for me if I want it, but I'm going to do this because it's more either exciting or true to myself or or i you know like i'll feel more rewarded doing my own thing you know it's it's interesting how in the in the in just in the guests on the show and and i'm thinking now in terms of like the cubans who i know that are like-minded and not you know like from liberal to progressive there's a giant spectrum of politics there that can be included but they 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 all seem to have that 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 streak of finding their own path you know what I mean? Like doing their own thing, not in spite, sometimes in spite of what they were told, but more so, like so, oft, also like just because that it's I, for me, it's always been more rewarding to be independent than it is to just do what you're told. Even if it's times. harder, even if a it's harder. Dude, I'd rather and as cliche as it sounds, I'd rather fail doing me than succeed doing you. Like when I was in the corporate world, dude, I came from nothing. I mean, my mom worked five like, I remember I said this once I said I do I put up I put up a joke of me saying my mom worked five jobs when I was growing up and so and I said we had no money and somebody at the bottom this hood ass dude put cap how can you have five jobs and no money and I'm like you know cap means lying like it's like yeah what what person has five jobs and money who needs five yeah. jobs to why have, would you, know you get I mean? the fifth job yeah. if you had <laughs> enough money with four you, like, what where are you from you know like yeah. she wasn't five doctors you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> she was she was cleaning and working at the hospital. Like it did, yeah. you know, whatever. But I remember like, um, I forgot to put it. Oh yeah. So like, I remember like seeing her like work so hard and we had no money. And like, I remember money was like, I always explain this, like, especially everyone from the hood, like our basements have a leak, right. And there's just water pouring in and you look in the basement and the biggest hole says money. And I got the chance to plug that hole at a very young age. I became a corporate manager. I rose through the ranks. In this, in this corporate Fortune 500 company, I started getting money thrown at me. At my highest point, I was making $350,000 a year. I was making four times in my entire household at this wow. point. 
And I was making so much money. But what happens is the water didn't stop coming in the basement. I just plugged the biggest hole. There's still a bunch of other holes, shit that we never think to worry about or mm. take care of ourselves with or, or focus on because money is the issue. So once I got money and I realized, yo, not only am I not, I'm happy with the money. Like I always say I wasn't happy. <laughs> I was happy with the money. Yeah, I was happy send, if, you, money. if you want to give us money, <laughs> yeah. sure, I'll take like, it. I, but I wasn't fulfilled and I hated right. the job. So like, am I going to continue? And apparently I'm good at this. And apparently mm. I'm going to continue to get promoted early and I'm going to go as far as I want with this. I knew that already. You had the but path. Do I, but do I want that? Exactly. And I remember saying to my wife, like, yo, I don't want to work there. And she's like, yo, you crazy. Like, you know, she was a nurse and whatever, but like, she's like, yo, you crazy. Like, look how much money, like we, you know, we got a chance to, to live in a better apartment in New York. And, you know, I bought her a BMW and, you know, she had a parking spot next to Lady Gaga. Like, you know, like we had the, the, the small trappings of what you think success are. Well, we lived on the Upper West where she lives. What, so. a, what a funny, what a funny, like flex of like, what a, what an interesting choice. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know a parking why? spot next to Lady in New York. That's like saying you have a mansion. Yeah. Like you have a, having a parking spot is like owning, owning like a full, like four bedroom home in anywhere else in the country. The parking spot was $800 a month on its yeah. own. Also, you know, I'm and, so sorry. I just sometimes I visualize things when people talk about it. So I didn't visualize you like your wife's car next to Lady Gaga's like Rolls Royce. I just visualized <laughs> your wife's car parked next to Lady fucking Gaga just every day. Just like Gaga's just hanging out like. You're you not wrong because it was an all white Mercedes with white leather, white interior, white everything. It kind of looked like Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga when she wears the big big shades, yes. boom, that's it right there. It was such a like it was like bedazzled the car. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> but, but then you made the choice to do yeah. So I got to laid find off. The but I at that point I had already been like a year of trying to figure out how to. I actually planned on maybe buying like I was talking to friends about buying like I had so much money I was like maybe we'll buy a comedy club. Like I knew I wanted to be a comedian, but I thought eh, maybe my opportunity to be right. a comic is over. Mm -hmm. And then I got laid off. I got laid off in the bad economy in like '09, and I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm just going to go do stand up. Like I've always wanted to. I had an 18 month severance package. So I was like, what the hell? Wow. So I had 18 months to like figure out a way to make money. And I didn't for nine other years. But for those first 18 months, I realized <laughs> as soon as I grabbed the mic, I'm like, oh, this is what I've been avoiding my whole life. This is what makes me happy. You know, it's funny that you, the way you describe the leaks, right? The biggest one is money. But once you have money taken care of, there's mental health, physical health. There's yes. uh, a million things we've um, never worried about. Yeah, because you're because there's only that one big thing to focus on, which it's again, there's so many metaphors for like why people end up the way they are that 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 is a great metaphor in terms of not just for for money for anybody who's who's like struggles with money and in, of a lower income bracket but also like with with when you're dealing with any problem like mm -hmm. in your life like if you, the biggest problem feels so huge and then when you solve it then you're like oh no i've been ignoring these other problems and yeah. then there's the that water's not going to stop coming in yeah so you know, might as well shit. So yeah, like so. If, yeah, and that was the thing. Like, if I'm gonna go, I don't want to be. And by the way, when you get a lot of money in the corporate world, you also have to match what everyone else is doing. Like, mm. you know, I I would have like CEOs tell me like, oh, you know, you're going into meetings, you can't go in with a watch like that. But I mean, you should get a nicer suit. You know, you should think about a nicer car so that you know when they see you coming. You know, all those things. Like, you have to acquire these things. Like, oh, you don't go to the same country club we do, so now I have to right. like, I have to Keep dress a certain Joneses. way. Yeah, you 100% have to. So. You know, the idea of the corporate world being modern day slavery, I absolutely believe it because you get trapped into debt. I walked out of making $350,000 a 
uh, a year with debt, with a lot of debt, over $85,000 wow. in debt. So you don't realize that like you, you're just always chasing this thing that's not real. But I realized like, hey, if I'm not fulfilled, I'd rather be unfulfilled I'd rather be fulfilled and have problems than be unfulfilled and have problems, but also a nice car. Like yeah, it feeling unfulfilled is just another one of those problems. Yeah. So I'd yeah. rather do that. And at least, I mean, I'd rather be fucking doing what I want to do yeah. and have all the same problems. Like, and I always have the thing of like, what's the worst that happens? I moved back to Newark. I survived it once. I'll do it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was my, my move to New York too, where it's like, oh yeah, if I need, I'll just go back to Miami. What, you know, like, what, what, what do I got to do? So, and, and ironically, I've, I've thrived here more than, than I have in Miami technically. Like I was working, you know, like it's just, I feel more fulfilled struggling here than struggling there. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd rather I mean, find myself, you know, than yeah. than find another banker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Alexis, this is we gotta we gotta close it down, but this has been so fun. I want to end with uh, we every show has a phrase that we t like to think that we the the like a Cubanism. Mm -hmm. that we focus on and you had a great one and i would just like to talk about it briefly before sure. we go and uh, uh break it down for us the masabel diablo por, por ser viejo que por, por ser, ser diablo. diablo yeah it's to me like i remember like the few times where like i was always the kid that wanted to get over you know on people like I would go to i would go to like to chinatown i buy like bootleg watches like i had a guy that made me bootleg watches of the brands that my friends like to wear. And then I'd sell them these watches. I'd get them for five. I'd sell them for 20. And, you know, I would make sure that the stitching was fine. So like, if they broke, I'd be like, you must've been fucking around in them. Like I was always that kid wow. that was like, always thinking of a hustle. I was always thinking of a way to like, not get over in a bad way. And people like figure out a way to like get yeah. by and get you ahead. had to do something. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I was just like, my friends were like, yo, let's go rob a bank. I'm like, what are you going to fucking rob a bank with? Like, why don't we figure out like, why don't we buy something and sell it for more? Like, I was always trying to be like a little entrepreneur, you know, something like that. And every time something like that would go wrong or it wouldn't finish in my favor, it wouldn't end in my favor. My mother's advice would always be the devil isn't, doesn't know a lot because he's the devil, but because he's old. And that idea was like, you know, there was two things. One respect experience, which mm. I did from a very young age and two like acquire experience. You know, I've never thought of a loss as just a loss. To me, a loss is an, and it hurts at the time. And I'm not trying to give you a fucking stupid sports cliche. It burns and you got to go. But like every time I bomb on stage, I think to myself, okay, what did I learn today? Sometimes yeah. the first thing I think is I learned never to do stand up again. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. but I learned that my dreams are crushed and then yeah. my, I have to move back to Newark. I'm the worst. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> when you get over that, you start to pick apart the things. And like when I was a kid and like, you know, I would try to, you know, do like one of these hustles or whatever. And like, I would get chased or I'd get robbed. Like, I think to myself, okay, what did I learn? Like I survived. So what did I learn? What am I taking from this? And to me, that was like, I'm hyperspeed acquiring experience. Right. right. And I've always thought it was respect. I've always, since day one, I've always asked older people that have been successful. What did they do to get there or ask them some piece of advice? They'll always give you advice. Everybody wants to, because they want to sort of feel revered. And to me, it was like, I said this to you before I recorded, but the means of how they got there, like go out and get a newspaper and find building. Like you can't do that anymore. But the, the way by which they acquired something is, is probably antiquated, but the process that put them in the place right. to do it or the process they used is not because it's always really great advice. And that's how I've, that's how I went from working in a factory when I was 11 years old, making, you know, boxes, I would take flat boxes and fold them up for mm -hmm. money. I ended up getting an internship in that marketing department two years later because they saw me there every day 
And I started asking the older guys, I said, how come we're all wearing jeans and shit and these guys are wearing suits? We're in a factory, they're in the air conditioned office and people were like, well, they work in the marketing department. So whenever they walk by, I'm like, how'd you guys get in the marketing department? What's marketing? Talk to me about this. Why'd you do that? Or if I saw news wow. clippings or something of the company doing well, I'd say, hey, I saw you guys got the Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, they got the Tommy Hilfiger eyewear contract. I'm like, congrats, how'd you do it? Who'd you talk to? Did you meet Tommy? And like, they're like, you should work in marketing, you know? <laughs> do you know Tommy? I yeah, that that Tommy. Like, people always like, if I saw them by the lunch truck or whatever, I'd say like all these things. To me, it's like, the like the devil isn't just magically the devil. The devil's the devil because he's been around for so long. He knows more than you because he's been around for so long. So to me, it's like, who's been around longer than me? Let me go ask them advice. And I, it's really why I credit all of my successes because of that. Is there someone in particular or was it like anybody? Is there someone that you would turn to for advice that that like you trusted or someone that you turn to advice for advice that you knew not to take? Like you go ask somebody how they did it My and then friends. you're like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's two people, actually. There's a guy named uh, Dickie who was like a big time mobster in my neighborhood. Uh, when it was a, a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. So the neighborhood was no longer Italian, like like a generation before I got there. But uh, he would still collect uh, like, you know, protection money from the neighborhood. Um, and there were some like little old Italian ladies that still live there, like all the mafia grandmas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very well covered in the Sopranos, by the way. I'm from that North Ward in Newark where some mafia people lived in the bigger homes in the back. Um, but so, you know, he a little like a Bronx Tale, like he kind of took me under his wing a little bit and just gave me good advice. And I knew enough to kind of stay at arm's length, but he respected my grandfather a lot. So like I knew mm-hmm. it was okay to kind of be cool with him. And I helped him actually bet on soccer. He would call oh, me, the, he'd call me the Cuban. And the oh, guy who took- good. When you think of like a mafia guy's calling the Cuban, you think of like a guy with like chest hair sticking out of like a dress shirt. Like yeah, big, big sunglasses hanging yeah. from the chest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 It's a fat kid in a Catholic school uniform uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's really just helping you bet on soccer so he can get free slices. Uh, but the That's guy, the awesome. bookie, the bookie at the pizza place was from his crew. So he would always go in there. And if anybody ever wanted to bet on soccer, which is typically the Latino guys who worked in the kitchens and stuff, he'd be like, yo, Cuban, get over here. This guy wants to bet money on Manchester United. Are we taking a loss here? You know, and I'm like, well, they are better than this, but you know, like I would help them. Um, wow, that's very. It was you cool. were like you were the oh, what's the car- the guy from Moneyball? You were the Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill from Moneyball. The, yeah, yeah, a little less uh, stat driven, you know, and a lot more charisma. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I was the fat kid just who's like, I know the answer. So, um, so you were Jonah Hill in Wolf of Wall Street instead of <laughs> yes, Moneyball. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of uh, Wolf of Wall Street, have we all bought our uh, GameStop stocks, our, our, all, all of our uh, AMCs and whatnot? Come on, AMC, baby. Yeah. Yes, come on. I was, yeah, get I was looking for the ticker for Blockbuster Video. Couldn't find it last time. <laughs> Keep searching, buddy. I believe That's in so you. so close. Yeah. So, yeah, the mafia dude. And there was a guy named uh, Jim. Uh, I won't say his last name because his family. It's his, uh, like, the kids are juniors and stuff. Sure. Um, but uh, he worked at that company. And he was, like, the old drunk marketing guy that they just kind of kept around mm. and he never really worked. He would come in, punch in like an hour late. And then he'd take like three hour lunches in the city. And one day he was like, I made this like whole thing for uh, those eyewear shops that bought glasses. It was like a baseball thing where like, every time you bought another round, it was like another hit. And if you doubled your order, it was like a double. And like, if you got to home, you got free eyewear from us. And it, it was like a big hit and I got no money for it. The head of the marketing department took all the credit, which is fine. I didn't mm-hmm. care, but he was like, we're going to celebrate. And the guy took me, I was like 16 at the time. The guy literally took me out for like wine and dinner. Like you say this now, people are like, was he trying to touch you? He was like, no, he just wanted someone to talk to. Like he, <laughs> wow, he would do this so on funny. his own. 
But like he was, he kind of taught me a lot about food and restaurants and he introduced me to a lot of restaurant people. But he was one of those people that was like such an old, he made so many mistakes in his life that he gave you great advice. You know, like oh, his kids would yes. say to me like, look, I know you're hanging out with dad, but you know, so there's been times where like, be careful with them because I, I didn't have a license until I was like in my twenties, but um, cause I would just take the bus and the train everywhere. But he was like, you know, he drinks a lot and there's times where we've had to like, we've gotten calls that, Hey, your dad is in a ditch somewhere and the car is total. Like, just be careful. So like, I was like his, like, I made sure his life didn't fall apart when he was with me. And he taught me like everything I know about food and like how to eat at a restaurant. It was fucking you awesome. Have, like a drunk Yoda. Kind of. Uh, yeah. And yeah, he was right. like, I remember his kid said to me, his kid called me and said, could you stop going to these places with my dad? He only goes because you let him like the rest of us won't go with him. And his <laughs> cardiologist has told him he's not allowed to eat this food in particular it was cured meat. He wasn't allowed to eat cured meat anymore. Mm. So we go someplace and the restaurant didn't have cured meat. So it didn't have like prosciutto. And I was like, okay, good. And the restaurant two doors down brings over a plate of fresh mozzarella and prosciutto. And I was From like, another you, place, another restaurant brings it over. And uh, this is back when like New York, all the restaurants were friends and stuff. Sure. Uh, this is like late nineties, early, early two thousands. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like your doctor said, you can't eat uh, uh, prosciutto. You can't eat this stuff. And he goes, I'd rather die with a smile on my face. And he just kept eating it. And oh. I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not, I, what am I going to tell this guy? Like, that's the kind of guy he was, but he was, he, all the mistakes he made, he almost wanted to protect me for making them. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. that, the that's best. that devil was, man. I feel like my, I feel like my dad, dude, every, every week or so, I just hear my, something that I didn't even remember. My dad told me when I was a teenager, just like a little, a little chip that he planted, a little seed that he planted 20 years ago. And then all of a sudden I go, Hey, shit. Remember that fucking time your dad told you this? And he has so <laughs> many Cuban. My dad tells me something I think about every day. He goes, uh, now, to be fair, a totarro is like, uh, you know, your, your, your woman cheating on you and shit, right? So, pegando yeah. tarro, right? Yeah. But if you fucking ignore it for the, 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 the sake of like, you know, it just being a, a sexual thing or someone being unfaithful, you go, if you fucking put up with a pebble in your shoe, you're going to put up with a way fucking bigger thing. He goes, don't put up with a pebble. He would tell me all the time. He's like, hey, yeah. don't put up with a pebble in your shoe. He goes, just take the fucking pebble out of your shoe. And he would tell me, el que no recoge un centavo nunca va a tener un medio. Right. And I would go, this Which is, that my grandmother would say that all the time because I don't, I don't, I'm a germaphobe, so I don't touch money. Yeah. <laughs> but if it, if it, but if it folds, I'm picking it up. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. wash my hands for that. Clink, clink, clink. Yeah. <laughs> There's an element of, of that training, I think, that comes from immigrant culture in general. But the Cubans specifically, when they got here, that they had to like, they were fleeing something. That was the idea. They were exiled from their home. So they felt like they were still trying to hold on to something. So they're like, they saw the progression. That's what makes the whole Trump thing crazy is that they they saw that anytime it goes just a little bit farther than what they want it to be, they're like, ah, shut it down. Boom. Fucking communista. You know, like all that shit. Yeah. The second I it goes said a little Trump further. I like Fidel and I pissed off my friends that are very left and I pissed off my friends that are very right. I'm yeah. like, I can't make all of you happy. <laughs> nor, nor is that like, like there's, there's, that's all that's true but like that's also there's nuance to it there's reasons yeah. why like hey don't well, just like say control of the media yeah you know uh making making the media yeah. seem like they're 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 evil yeah. we're, all these we're shit, not these saying are like, they're equal but there could yeah. definitely they, be a venn diagram of the there's two some of them. Overlap. overlap yes yeah yeah, that, yeah. preventing that also overlap. i feel like it's like a circle they're so far of each of their they're so far left and so far right that they're kind of touching 
on the circle. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it loops around. Like, yeah, yeah it's not left or right. It's a, eventually they meet at some yeah. point. You go so far right that you're left, that you go so far left that you're it's right. It's like if you hate someone so much, you're essentially expa- expounding the same amount of energy as loving them. You know, have yeah. you ever heard that? Yeah, like, yeah. One of my favorite things, and this isn't from a Cuban woman, uh, but an old Jewish woman, and they say we're the Jews of the Caribbean, so it kind of works. Uh, I was... <laughs> I was ordering food at a, at a, at a, like a deli or like one of these like restaurants and it came with soup and a piece of bread. And at the time I was trying to limit my carbs. So I was like, all right, I'll take the soup, but uh, no bread. And this little tiny, like broken old woman, like, you know, these people have lived in New York so long, it broke their back. Yeah. Yeah. Like her, like she can only look at my shoes. (laughs) They've been carrying those plastic sacks and from the bodega for like 20 million decades. Right. This woman hasn't sat in years, you know? Yeah. She just, she taps me on my shoulder and I turn around and she's like below me. And I go, yes. And she goes, take the bread. And I go, what? She goes, take the bread. And I'm like, well, I don't want bread. I'm trying to not eat carbs. She goes, take the bread and give it to me. And I was like, oh, are you hungry? Like, oh, should I buy your meal? She goes, I got money. But if you don't take the bread, they'll think we don't want the bread and they'll start giving out the bread. Oh. And I'm like, what a fucking... What a what like it it literally rocked me to my core for like Keep two the days. demand even yeah. if it's an illusion because we're getting shit. But like they're not your friends. They're not giving you the bread for free. They give it to you because they think you you because they think you yeah. want it or else you go somewhere else. And if you tell them you don't want it, they'll stop giving it to you. Like that whole it like it like it, it flew over me. This lady was like behind me for the rest of like the week, just like reminding <laughs> me to get the bread. Get Take the, the bread. bread. Take the bread. Oh my goodness. Um Jeez, Alexis, what a fun uh, uh, session episode this has been. I, uh, I'm thank glad you, you guys so did this, man. I'm glad you guys have this show. This is awesome. I can't wait to see how far it goes. I appreciate that so much. I is hope there... it gets so big that I get to fight Ted Cruz. Oh. Yes. Okay. If anyone knows Ted Cruz or where Ted Cruz is at, let us know and we'll yes. figure it <laughs> out. I'll set listen... it up. We could do like a TV. We'll do boxing. I don't mind. As long yeah. as I get to punch Ted Cruz, I'll be Aired happy. Aired live right, on look. Fubo TV. Right, look. I'm a pretty Cuban guy in Texas. I might know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start reaching out. I'll find the guy for sure. Yeah. Please. If we could set this up, I don't care what sponsors. I'll do it in a thong. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to fight Ted Cruz. Uh, I genuinely want that to happen for you. I know it would bring you so much joy, but I thank you for bringing us joy. This was so fun. What would you like to promote? You have uh, uh, soccer cooligans. Tell them yeah. where they can find that. Uh, the cooligans every Tuesday and Thursday on Fubo uh, Sports Network, which is free on FuboSportsNetwork.com. It's also on Samsung TVs and Fubo TV if you have the service, but it is free. You can get it almost anywhere. I think it's also on, uh, on Charter. Okay, there you go. I think a charter, charter cable also carries it. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of places. But if you put on your Samsung Smart TV, one out of every eight times, you'll see my face. Um, <laughs> uh, you can also listen to the podcast every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, wherever you get podcasts. And we're on Twitch every oh, Wednesday yeah. at 6 p.m. Uh, we do a live show every Wednesday at 6 p.m., uh, specifically about the Premier League uh, or European soccer. Um, and it's the funniest uh, Twitch chat in the world. So, Come through, hang out, follow me at not Alexis. I'm putting jokes up almost every day on, on Instagram. Um, so come laugh, come laugh with me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I miss, I miss uh, randomly seeing you at places and being like, Hey, yeah. I, 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 that's the one thing I miss so much about uh, doing comedy in New York of just the running into people where you're just like, Hey, hi, hey. I, lo- I miss all that so much. And it's man. not just the Miami Cubans. that think every Cuban is their cousin. Cause when you and I see each other, it feels like I'm seeing a cousin oh, 
for sure. <laughs> and people think we're cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us at O underscore the Cubanity on Twitter. You can follow me at Mike Mercadal on Twitter and Instagram and everything. And Chris? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Cuban without the B. Chris Kwan. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Do us a favor and write us a nice review with five stars. That really helps if you can do that. And also tell us in the review your favorite Cuban saying, un dicho, that we can then read on live on the show. And uh, uh, we appreciate all of it. And uh, thank you, everybody. And cogelo suave. Con take it easy. Con take it easy. Dale, man. Cogelo con take it easy. I love that shit. Missing sock. Oh, there it is. <laughs>